Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. I hope you just got done listening to Susie Larson live. I think she had an awesome show. I didn't hear all of it, but what an incredible guest. And we've got a wonderful show. Patrick's going to join me in just a minute. The Monday afternoon mix. And then apologist Greg Kokel is joining me. Hour two. He's got a new book coming out in September. And it's not released yet, but he's going to give us a big tease. He's one of my favorite apologists. So get your questions ready uh, for Greg Kokel in hour two. As I have my Bible open today, I'm looking at John chapter 1. One of my favorite verses starts in 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Now, I always think to myself, Mm. when you receive him, you then become adopted into his family. You're part of God's beautiful family. Family. Now, we're all created in God's image, but not until you place your faith in him do you become a child of God, adopted into his family. And to me, that's just a, a happy, happy, happy piece of good news. Patrick, welcome to the show, by the way. I should include you in on this conversation. It's kind of no, rude, it's, it, rude I, of me I, not to. Yeah. No, it's fine. I mean, and, and I love that I'm now down to just a one-name guy. <laughs> that Patrick died. Yeah, I should say Patrick Albanese, my friend uh, from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious it's, town of West Des Moines. I mean, I think people do recognize you as that way. I think, you know, people stop me on the street quite often and say, I too live in prestigious West Des Moines. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. But People you know, didn't know their show. I, it's going to become its new name. They're not going to. You know, I think they're going to have a sign put up the the gateway to prestigious West Des Moines. Yeah, but if you had a family uh, and friends barbecue in the backyard, let's say there were fifty people there, and okay. you had someone with a camera, and they said, "All right, we want a picture of just Albany's family members, just Albany's, right?" Yes. So then everyone would know that they would then be set apart to be part of a picture. And there wouldn't be yes. anybody going, oh, wait a minute, I'm not an Albanese, but hey, I deserve to be in this picture. Everybody gets it. I'm not an Albanese. I'm not yeah. in this picture. Funny so, you should actually, my, the other day, one of my sisters sent a, one of the last pictures of my five sisters and my, there's a dog barking in the background just to add some realism to this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one of the last pictures of my my five sisters, it was at one of the weddings, and my mom, and they're all looking lovely. It's from the, the, the early 80s, and my sister just came across it, and she sent it out to everybody. And I thought to myself, well, there's the ozone layer problem right there. Because <laughs> <laughs> of the hairspray? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Had to be three cans amongst them just yeah. to get it all up per in sister. Yeah. Per sister. Per sister. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, I grew up with that. That was a lot of hairspray in that bathroom. Yeah. But um, once but- you place your faith and you're adopted into God's family, you have the right to become children of God. So when the Albanese only get their picture taken, no outsiders are upset. They go, I get it. I'm not an Albanese, so I'm therefore not in the picture. 
So the question is, and I love just reminding people, have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ? Because if you are adopted into his family, if he were to show up, if Jesus were to show up in your backyard with the camera and he would say, all right, my family only, would you be included in the picture? Would you know your right to be in that picture? You can step right in. There's a spot for you. Step right in. You belong. Yep. Yeah, it's and it's not just based on height, you know, which road, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. is always the most difficult part of any picture taking oh, process. It's hard to organize people. Yeah, it was easy to. You could have been adopted into our family. It was called bring a dish because pretty much everything was potluck around us. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, bring a dish, and you are a member of this family. Yeah, officially. Oh. So you I love that though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I do too. And just because we have a lot of backyard parties and barbecues and and, th- and you know you have families and friends and you think when when the photographer just wants just your family, everybody gets mm-hmm. it. No one from no one your neighbor doesn't say, "Well, I want to be in this picture too." Come on, let me. Yeah. In. Everybody yeah. gets it. I don't belong in that family. So the question is, do you belong in the family of God? And if you don't, today is the day of your salvation. You can ask God to come into your life and to be your savior and to repent of your sin and give him your life. Exchange your life for his. That's the most beautiful transaction you will ever mm-hmm. experience. So, and then you're in the picture. It's great. Then you belong. Yeah. You've been adopted and you've given the right to, be, to become children of God. You know, because we do hear, you know, we're all God's children, which is not true. We're all created in the image of God, but we're not all God's children. Only those who have placed their faith become God's children. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All it right. is a, I see why that's one of your favorites. I, your I do love chapters. that. Yeah. 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 So having said that, um, you, <laughs> you reported for jury duty this morning. I did. Um, I, you know, I, so I got the summons, I got it in the mail and I've, and I responded and I've, I've soon discovered that that was not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> Many of my friends said, you, how do they know you got it? You're supposed to, I said, well, I'm okay. So I, you know, I texted in, I punched in the QR code and I didn't realize they started surveilling me. <laughs> they said, we see you're available. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny cause you say, Oh, I don't want to do jury duty. Oh, the, you know, I have to rearrange the schedule. I have to set everything aside. Um, you know, then they just kept sending me earlier and earlier call times. Just be there at seven 30. They didn't explain where the parking was. They, they showed one parking lot that was six blocks away and they said, well, we'll send a bus for you, which you just say, this is just a terrible process. And then you get there and you think, oh, what if I get picked to be on a jury that's going to be here for weeks and months? And I, you know, who knows what I'm going to get? Uh, like a little sciatic pain. So I was already squirming in the chair. And I just sat and I sat and I sat. And they're calling people for interviews. And I'm just sitting and sitting and sitting. Four hours of sitting in this stiff chair with lower back pain. You know, just dreading, why did I, I should have never responded to that thing. I know my civic responsibility. And then um, they call my name and they say, you're dismissed, you're done. Uh, You won't be used at all. And I think, wait, what's wrong with me? Wait a minute. (laughs) 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 Why are you saying I can't be a fair and impartial juror? What? This is an insult. I came here to serve and you're rejecting me? (laughs) So I'll quickly go from... I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Just like, wait a minute. How You're dare you? How <laughs> dare you? I'm a citizen. Yeah. This is my right to serve on oh, this jury. Oh, that's funny. 
So uh, you're one and so, done. They don't say come back tomorrow and we'll we'll audition you for another case. You're done. They yeah. they gave me the one and done. Okay, and, and I I know some people might have to come back the next day just in case. And I I don't know. I don't know if it was me wincing in pain in the hard chair that they said you don't want this guy. You don't want. Him. I don't know what it was. I, I even dressed up. I dressed nicely for it. Wow. I, I wanted to look like a peer. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, maybe, they re- so, maybe they rejected you because you wore cologne. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, but you don't want the alternative. You don't want me without the cologne. That's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. Do you point. know how hard it is to find high karate these days? It's very hard. You have to go eBay. get it online. Yeah, eBay. You have to get it online, eBay, and it's usually old. Yeah. yeah. All right, speaking of farmer, Farmer's Almanac, which I just brought up for the first time, um, mm. when do you consider the dog days of summer? When are they? Do you know the dates? Because I know them because I'm looking at them right now. It's the So are there actually official dog yeah. days? Yeah, there's 40 days. We consider the dog days to be the 40 days beginning July 3rd and ending August 11th. I, well, I had to figure we were in them right now, right? Yes, we are in them. Today is July so, 31st. But... Um, so let's see. I'm going to guess it has some sort of um, astronomical it does. origin. It does. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I don't think we want to go into it because I don't think people care, but <laughs> people are just <laughs> complaining about the heat and humidity, you know, unless you live in Lake yeah. Geneva, then it's different. That's lovely. Oh, it's it's very lovely. Yeah. There. I know. Well, it's, it's funny. I've, I've seen people posting things. I, oh, the heat index, this was, you know, this high the other day. I don't ever remember it being like that when I was a kid. And I looked it up and said, well, that's because there was no heat index until <laughs> 1979. It hadn't been invented yet. Yeah. Yeah. And it was invented by a guy named George Winterling. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. He invented the heat index. Huh. Just said, well, I think we need to know, we need to, we need a way to make it sound hotter than it actually is, because it feels hotter than 102. Well, so. Do you hear that, though? And sometimes go, what's the point when the weatherman says uh, the temperature is 92 degrees today, but it feels like 93? I mean, are you just trying to justify your existence at this point? I, I think so. You know, I, I think so. it would have been, a, I, I don't know if I would have wanted the weatherman job here in Iowa. I remember when I lived in Los Angeles, I thought, well, this guy doesn't have much work to do. Same today as it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you can pre-tape about four days of, of weather in Los Angeles, and you're going to be right all four days. Yeah. I was a traffic guy in Des Moines where there is no traffic, but had I been a traffic guy in uh, uh, Los Angeles, I would have been the highest paid person on the news. Yeah, good point. You would work more than anybody. Huh? Good point. Patrick Albanese is my guest. He is my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. We're going to take a little break and come back. In the second half hour, the Monday afternoon mix, Pastor David Miles is going to be here as well. Greg Kokel in hour two, talking about his new, brand new book on on apologetics. You're not going to want to miss any of today. Be right back. Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. Request yours today at MyFaithRadio.com. I'm back with Patrick Albanese. I always enjoy uh, talking to my friend Patrick. He's an entertainer, all around wonderful guy and great, good friend. And we... uh 
we want to take life very seriously, but we also want to not take ourselves too seriously. And a merry heart is like good medicine. And Patrick, I think I sent you this quote by Frida Kahlo, who's an artist, a Spanish artist. And I don't agree with it completely, but there is something I, I enjoyed about it. She said, nothing is worth more than laughter. It is strength to mm-hmm. laugh and to abandon oneself to be light. And of course, I don't agree with all of that, what she said, but I agree with some of it. It's a, yeah. it's, it's, it's a strength to laugh. I, I think it proves our humanity when we're able to laugh at ourselves. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly you, you think of people in, you know, sometimes in, you know, a terrible, going through rough stuff. And uh, laughter can be one of the most freeing things. Not, you know, you're not going to try and make somebody laugh over the, the terrible things that are going on. But sometimes just that release. Uh, I'm sure you've seen this too, where laughter can lead to tears because you realize that that there was something holding all of that in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know doing the show Triple Espresso, there were you know many experiences where people came to that show, laughed, 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 hadn't laughed like that in years until they cried. And sometimes you'd see them in the lobby after the show, and they're crying. Now you're crying. You're I know. Saying, well, I'm I'm in the show. I'm not supposed to be crying. <laughs> but you realize that. That was the thing that was necessary to open up you know, some almost that emotional release and, and laughter is what broke it well, and a, then allowed the tears to flow. Yeah. A good laugh or a good cry nudges you a little, doesn't it? If you're stuck, yeah. you're in a, a place where you feel like you're a little stuck. Sometimes a good laugh or a good cry moves you off wherever you're at. So mm-hmm. it's useful. And it, it is if, useful. If yeah. you laugh hard enough and long enough, you actually start crying. And if you cry long enough, you're going to eventually start laughing. So they kind of work in tandem with each other. I remember yeah, back, this would be 1979, so I'm a newborn-ish. Okay. <laughs> but uh, my my friend's uh, dad had tickets to this movie called Airplane, uh, the first Airplane movie. And uh, so my friend and I go downtown Chicago to see it, think, Ooh, free tickets to a movie. <laughs> and it was the, the first time in my life I experienced falling out of my chair laughing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a kid and right. I, I was doubled over to the point that I have to get on the ground. I, you know, I didn't <laughs> fall out of the, I had to get down on the ground mm-hmm. because my stomach was starting to cramp up. Uh, at times I was just laughing so hard and yeah, you know, I, I still find the movie humorous and I haven't often had that experience again, but what a delight. Yeah. What a, you say this, they, they, they didn't make up that saying. Yes, <laughs> it actually yes. happened to people. It's aerobics for the inside of your body. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Here's a little a bit of medical advice for you from uh, a listener, Deanna. She said, maybe have Patrick look up the melt method for the sciatica. It's on YouTube. So there you go. I, you got work to do when you get off this interview. Well, I, if it can, I take this ice pack off. That I, <laughs> I, uh, I'm having to. I'm having to wear you know things that look a little bit like a muumuu to cover the ice pack. <laughs> I've had strapped to my back Yeah. ever since I got back from doing my civic duty, the melt. Actually, I'm going to write that down. The melt method. Melt method, yeah. So if someone from, okay. if someone from the 1950s just got plucked out of the 1950s and dropped into our world today, and they just suddenly appeared, yes. uh, what, what do you think would be the most difficult thing to explain to them about life today? Well, first off, you'd have to explain why there are no flying cars. Because they were, <laughs> I'm sure they, they were, were anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, do you ever do that? You see, you say, if if you could show somebody, let's say, you pull out the old smartphone and you say, look at this. Okay, so uh, the fifties, they didn't even have a pocket calculator. Those I think were late sixties, early seventies. And you'd say, this is this is this thing here has it all. I I can uh, all information like that entire library over there. It's in here. <laughs> not on, not only that, I can contact anybody anywhere in the world on this device. I can, mm. and I can see their face if I want to, it's a picture and I can watch movies and I can uh, basically, if I want to know anything, it's right here. And they'd probably say, well, so <laughs> what kind of stuff do you do with it? <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? I, I look at funny cat videos. I get into arguments with people I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have the world at my fingertips. Instead, I say, "Well, that guy. Look, what is this guy? His name is Walnut Two Sixty Five. I have I have a gripe with Walnut Two Sixty Five. Yeah, that's oh, so funny. Well, I do Things remember. We do. I do remember as will you getting off an airplane and running as fast as you could to the bank of phones to try to be one of the lucky people to get to the bank of phones uh, yes. coming off a flight. And as much as technology has its aggravations, and I think that's one of your favorite lines. Did you write that line? I, I might have. I, I could have it's heard so it somewhere. Good. And yeah. I, yeah, you know, innovations come with uh, irritations. They this do. This is kind of the way I say it. You know, you, it's... You, one minute they hand you a smartphone and say, "Look, isn't this amazing? You can you can you can call somebody. You say, yeah, but I've only got one bar.' I mean, <laughs> mm. And the battery's gone. Yeah. Remember how quickly movies switched from you know trace that call to say everybody's got a cell phone now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The battery died. Well, I remember and, when you had a cell phone and the call dropped, and you would have to go call the phone company and say, "I just dropped a call," and they would like. They would put like two minutes back on your account. Yeah. And and that phone call took three minutes to make. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so crazy. But it's amazing how quickly we can go from the, you know, the joy and the enjoyment of the new thing to, oh, this thing. Oh, this device. Mm-hmm. How disappointing. It only went three days without a charge. How <laughs> how am I supposed to live? Yeah. I, and I wonder if that's part of the human condition. You read enough of that in the Bible where you'd say, you know, well, I can understand why sometimes these people weren't happy. You say, are we capable of not uh, – of being happy in our entirety or is the human condition to kind of get to that gripe point about almost anything? We, we lose track of how good we have it. I think you're right, Patrick. I think we have a tendency of – not fully appreciating what God has blessed us with. Uh, I could be, could be way wrong, uh, but yeah. there, there's that certain level of a little more would be better, a little, you know, we always kind of want more. Yeah, we always want more. I, yeah. you know, I think he's, I see this strike going on in Hollywood and I, I, you're reading some of the hard luck stories like this guy had to let his butler's maid go. And you think, gosh, I, you know, that's rough. That's a rough life. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you're making sacrifices. Yeah. So. Got a nice um, message from someone said, hey, Bill, the first time I saw a triple espresso, I was seated in the front row of the balcony at your theater. I laughed so hard. I thought I was going to fall over the rail. I was holding on for dear life. Yeah. So it's real. Yeah, I guess it is. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, boy. 
So it's a uh, now you know I finished. Did I mention last week that I was going to go ahead and do this part of this ride across Iowa? It's five hundred miles. You did mention did, it. Yeah, I, I was did very bored and a half. when you talked about it. But go ahead. I know. Yeah, and you know I trained for it, right? <laughs> I, I dusted off my bike. Yep, that was I, day I, one training. Day one training. I, I rode four miles on Monday. Adjusted the brakes, rode five miles on Tuesday, and said, I'm good to go 33-plus on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I don't – they'll have that special gear. So I go, and uh, most of it sold out. I got some of the discount bike shorts. They were tweed and burlap. <laughs> so mm -hmm. a little bit less uh, comfortable, uh, but uh, – uh, and we did it. And my, my son led the – he just led us the whole time. For a 12-year-old, it was nothing. Uh, and you saw people – that was a guy on a unicycle, although I wasn't impressed because he wasn't juggling. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, – you know, there were people on tandems and quad cycles and uh, electric bikes. It was pretty fun. And it was the 50th anniversary of that ride. Now, you so brought I, I was up, just gonna, yeah. you brought up an interesting yeah. point, which I think is worth repeating. Yeah, the first year they did the ride uh, was 50 years ago when I was 12 years old. And my son, as I'm sitting there, he's 12. And I thought, wow, theoretically, he could be on the 50th bike ride. He could do the 100th anniversary. He'd only be my age. And he'd say, you know, I remember doing this 50 years ago with my dad. Mm -hmm. and it just I don't know why it kind of hit me as this, you know, sort of a milestone. Like, you should mark this event. You know, because uh, we didn't do a ton of talking on the way. I mean, I couldn't talk. <laughs> There's the gasping. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, uh, it's still a bonding experience. It was fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Well, it sounds like the training part very critical. I mean, I... I um, That's I what ran, got me over the edge. Yeah. 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 I ran my first uh, marathon this summer. Um, you, I Now, I missed that entirely. Well, yeah. well, I quit after two blocks because I got so winded. <laughs> well, that's the now. See, that's the beauty of it because that's the point too. That's, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I did cover some of it. Yeah, you you could get that sticker that says twenty six point two. You could just use a sharpie to kind of <laughs> cross out the twenty six. And I think a lot of us in your general age range, give or take, <laughs> might relate to the point too. Yeah, I think I had the wrong shoes. I was wearing wingtips. You know what? Not the right I, I would highly recommend. Yeah, try the cleats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think golf shoes with cleats—the longer spikes for the wet for the wet pavement—I think yeah. is what you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's about all the time uh, we have for today. Thank you so much for participating in today's show. Oh, thanks. Hey, you know, and uh, watch out for that heat index. I mean, it was really hot out during the bike ride, and I was all I could think was, "I'm glad it's not snowing." Because could you imagine having to shovel snow in that weather? No, no, that would be in terrible. In that kind of heat? Oh. No, no, that'd be horrible. That'd be horrible. All right, have a great rest of the day. Stay cool, and Thanks. I will talk to you soon. All right, bye. All right, Patrick Albanese is my friend, and he lives in the great state of Iowa. And when we chat, I always feel like things are lighter, and I hope you feel the same way. I always think it's good to start off the week on a light note because a merry heart the Bible says it's like good medicine. I hope that was a little dose of good medicine for you. All right. After a break, David Miles, Pastor David Miles, for the Monday afternoon mix is up next.
It is now time for the Monday afternoon mix. It's afternoon. It is time to mix. Pastor David Miles is my guest, seated just across the studio from me. And to our left, my left, your right is my right. Ryan Mitchell. Ryan Mitchell. 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 The man, the myth, the legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that. I didn't stop there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, you bring some great content to the show every week, and today is no exception. I'm looking at Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. May I read that? You may. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. Selah. Pause. There's that pause. There's that pause, yep. There is that pause. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things in this passage is that the reminder that in verse 1 that all things start with God. And um, I think it was A.W. Tozer in Knowledge of the Holy says that one of the chief things that a man thinks about, one of the most important things, is his thoughts about God. And worship is either holy or a base based upon our understanding of who he is, who he is, not who we seek to make him into. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and this opens up saying God is, is, is a present tense, our refuge. So, it's, I mean, like, just in the first three words of this, God is present, are. You know, so that person. Say that one more time. God the person of God, mm-hmm. Elohim, is, which is a present tense verb, so like right now, are is um, a pronoun, pronomial, of of personal. Um, so just in those very first three words is such a richness um, about who God is and who we are to God. You know, and then goes on to say, our refuge and strength. And so, you know, sometimes people go through things and they're wondering like, you know, hey, did I do something wrong? Or like, why is this happening? You know, and the like. And it's interesting because God is our refuge and strength, comma, a very present help in trouble. So almost by noting that he's a refuge and strength, if if there wasn't a trouble, you know, the sons of Korath, as they wrote this, um, wouldn't be noting these characteristics. So sometimes the very, our understanding of God comes through, can come through, tends to come through, um, you know, difficulties when we come to an end in ourselves. So this idea of him being a, a refuge, of him being a fortress, you know, someone can say that person, they're, you know, the rock, mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson. Okay, but that's like a person. Mm-hmm. That's different than a fortress. I like the image of a fortress. Yes. And a refuge. And a refuge. And when you go into that fortress, you are in a place of safety and security. Right? Yeah, you very much are so. And, 
You know, I think one of the things, Bill, um, is that reading like these passages, it's actually the 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 experiential living of them out that causes them to be real, all the more real. And so, for example, if I were to say to you, like, a Snickers bar, and I were to describe to you, you know, the chewy nugget and the salty peanuts and the caramel. Why are you doing this to me? Caramel, depending yeah. on where you're at. And the rich milk chocolate. Like, so I could, I can tell you about all those things and I can, I can speak to like, wow, Bill, if you could just imagine, but you yourself will not understand it until you bite into that Snickers and taste it for yourself. So there's this part of where scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And one of the things, even in understanding of God being our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble, well, being very present because there actually is trouble, that there is a circumstance that's greater than ourselves that requires God being our refuge and God being our strength. So it speaks to our finiteness. It speaks to, you know, our own limitations. Well said. David Miles, you're listening to the Monday Afternoon Mix, and I always look forward to having Pastor David Miles here. Um, we find ourselves in situations where all we can do is be still and to say, I think of Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Is that not comforting? Um, if Okay. To keep it 100, uh, yes and no. Because yes, it's like, yeah, we need to be still. But one of the most, <laughs> one of the most difficult things is that, you know, we're like, we're like big, you know, two-year-olds or big, like, six-month-olds who just learned to walk. And so there's a part of wanting to be still, but there's this part in us that wants to be active, that wants totally. to do something. Yes. That wants to you know, engage in the process. And like, <clears throat> that's a part that's, that can be hard. I mean, like, um, you know, as I've had this bladder, prostate, broken hand thing this month and being put on pause, for those who don't know, I had just kind of this strange thing that turned out to be a broken hand, but it caused some sort of weird thing that caused clots and all this other stuff for a very healthy person. But part of, part of the thing that's been interesting is being put on limitations, you know, lifting limitations and driving limitations and exercise limitations. And uh, and I actually said uh, this um, afternoon, I was talking to one of the guys that I mentor and had a lawnmower that was in my garage and was going to like do something with this. And he had dropped it off, one that was given as a gift because they were like, dude, this is nuts, even what happened. But there's some things wrong, so we called the store and said it needed to come back. And he's like, hey, I'll just come back and pick it up. And I just said to him, you know, this whole limitation thing is getting really old. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> okay. But the limitation part is me being still and also allowing other people to do things. And You mean bless you? Uh, yeah. 
That's kind of a nice thing. It is a nice yeah. thing. You know, and I'm very grateful that. for that. Yeah. You know, and it taps upon you know, a gratitude, and then it, it taps upon, at least for us in the West, this desire of, of self-sufficiency, of, of being able to take care of ourselves, which isn't a bad thing, you know, and to provide and to give to to others. It's the reminder that we're going to come into some situations in life that are trouble, that are greater than our strengths. And, you know, the psalmist goes on in verse 2. He says, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. I mean, like, those are all things that can't do anything about. Like, if a mountain decides to slide, if there's a rock slide on a mountain, Bill, I'm not stopping that puppy, you know. And so there are certain things in life that even go beyond, you know, our abilities. And I think the psalmist reminds us that God is our refuge, that God is our strength. And the idea with that later on in verse 10 is God's call to us to be still and know that I'm God. So like for someone today who's kind of going through kind of this crazy moment and God is telling you to be still, and know, not just know about him, but know that he is God. Like, I'm there with you, you know? And so, and I think, like, we have to be mindful that life isn't always, like, um, life and even prayer isn't always like Chick-fil-A. That you pull up, you make an order, and then as soon as you get around, after pay for it, you pick it up. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there's these parts of it where... You know, God is God is working on our hearts and taking it from nice, um, as Dr. King used to say, you know, platitudes, sanctimonious platitudes and all these types of wording and bringing it more to a, a live faith. And so to let the person um, that's going through this know, like, you're not crazy, you're not alone. Um, and this passage does say that, God is our refuge, and he is our strength. I like that, David Miles. You're speaking a lot of good truth and and wisdom today. I do want to go back, though. I know there's another passage in this discussion that's uh, very relevant to what we're talking about today. We get that out of Psalm 67. Would you like to read that? Yeah, I'd be happy to read that. So Psalm 67 opens up. Um, and again, just this is a, a psalm, a song. It says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his faces shine upon us, Selah, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among the nations. It's, it's this, this idea, like, it's a prayer. Like, God, may God be gracious bless, make his face to shine. And then verse two, there's that, that, that purpose that your ways may be known on earth. So literally an embodiment of this God that we serve. And so Bill, like we see this in the old Testament, you know, um, God comes to Abram in Genesis chapter 12 and tells him that he's going to make of him a great nation. And from him, all the nations will be blessed. 
And then later on in Deuteronomy chapter 8 with Moses, you know, God is speaking to Moses and says, you know, I chose you, not because you were the greatest and, you know, the most robust, and because you were actually the smallest. And he said, because I set my heart on you and I loved you and I wanted to bring the Messiah through you. So even in the trials that we read about in the Old Testament on the people of Israel, um, we see God at work in their life that even brings up this, this passage. And it's something for us to learn. Because like, here's this thing, real quick, pause. Sometimes people are like, you know, I don't, I don't really want to read the Old Testament. You know, I'm more of a New Testament person. And it's like, no, God has given us both his testaments to bear witness to who he is. And in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul writing in the New Testament, you know, tells the people that these things took place in the Old Testament through the people of Israel as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. These things were an example um, that it speaks to the God of the age. It speaks to the God who is King of kings and Lord of lords. And the idea of us not trusting in anything ultimately other than him. And so we see so much, you know, wisdom. We see God's hand in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so, you know, encouragement for people to read, you know, the full counsel of God, mm-hmm. you know, to read the history, to read the poets, to read the prophets in the wisdom literature. Mm-hmm. This might seem like an obvious question, but do you really believe God? We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about that very question. Do you really believe God? Pastor David Miles is my guest. This is the Monday Afternoon Mix. We'll be right back. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer requests with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. Monday afternoon mix is on. Pastor David Miles is here. And David, question I posed before, do you really believe God? How do you answer that? I know how you answer that, but how do we answer that? Well, I think one of the things that happens, um, how do I answer it? Like, I believe God. Like, I know that I know that I know that I know Him. And I also have this part of me that's still growing in knowing Him better. So, like... Are there ever moments where I'm just kind of like, Lord, what are you doing? Like, do you see me? Yeah. And that's very much going back to where we ended at at the break is a reminder to be reading in the Old Testament because that's something that the psalmist would say. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Psalm 42, 43, three times in that psalm, David says, Oh, my soul, why are you downcast? Hope in God, trust in him for, you know, I'll see life again. Well, he does that three different times. You know, and he's like, God, where are you? You know, so there's this kind of very realness to our faith. And I think sometimes, you know, we we have this concern of of, of not appearing to be 
um, a certain way or not you know, strong enough or whatever we perceive to be that type of person. And I think one of the things that happens is that trouble and pain and suffering and brokenness, it strips all that stuff away. Mm-hmm. It strips it away from you in a way that you, you really no longer have time to be cute. You know, I mean, like, it's like this honestly, you know, this honestly hurts or this is honestly, you know, something that's a grief that is not contained. And so it's not an either or, but a both and that it can be both. This is like a really jacked up situation. I'm not really liking this. Mm -hmm. And my sovereign heavenly father has either permitted or allowed this as a good, good father. And even saying that and saying like, okay, God, like, ah, oh, man, you know, like, you know, ah, oh, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. And so that, that, that bedrockness of God being a, a fortress of him being a refuge, even with the subjective emotions that can blow like wind and us, you know, having that because like, I'm not going to at all try to blow smoke on people and and say like this last month I've just been praise God from whom all blessings float like twenty four seven no like you know twenty three six maybe but not twenty four seven yeah because <laughs> yeah. I know you you're still giving God praise and thanks yeah and I mean like it's again trying to find and finding like Tammy and I went for a walk yesterday and we were talking about this that the ways in which. We've been given the opportunity to see God in a different light, to know him in a different light, and also see our world expand and be introduced to people that we would have never been introduced to had I not gone through this. And sometimes we want the, you know, we want the promised land without the wilderness. Mm -hmm. we, We want the crown, but we don't want the cross. Right. You know, people often, you know, uh, people back in the day during the civil rights, they'd say, you know, everybody wants black people's rhythm, but they don't want their blues, you know? Mm-hmm. So like this dynamic, like we want these things. And it reminds me of a, of, of a dear sister when I was up going to school at North Dakota State University, and it was a dear sister in the faith, um, you know, in, in one of the neighboring towns and had went through just a very, very, you know, deep breaking thing in their family, like really, really hard. And uh, she would speak at conferences or speak at retreats, and people would walk up to her and they say, "Oh, you know, I, I really want your faith. I wish I had a faith like yet." And she'd be like, "No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, you want this, but do you want the things that I had to go through, right, in order to, you know, have this?" And that's, I think, one of the things that leads the Apostle Paul when he says, "I bear in my body, you know, the marks of Jesus." Mm-hmm. You know. And like we, we like to read Paul having these great visions, but we don't like to read where he says, I was shipwrecked three times. You know, I was beaten and left for dead. You know, um, Acts chapter 14, where, you know, him and Barnabas, they, they leave Lystra to go to Derby, and they get beaten. And what do they do? They get back up and go into the city and encourage the elders that through trial and tribulation, we must see the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. For most of us, we'd be like, okay, peace, we're out. Yeah. So, like, we do a disservice sometimes and, you know, um, and not also just communicating the reality that we're going through these things, but also our trust in God while we're going through this. Mm-hmm. And um, 
one of for our cultures we're we're very triumphalistic and so sometimes we don't necessarily like struggles and so it's easy to just kind of paint over that or just to ignore what's going on that you see because yeah mm-hmm. david miles is my guest for the monday afternoon mix david isaiah warned judah not to uh ally with egypt he knew that trust in any nation or military might was futile. So Judah's only hope was to trust in God. What are some other things that people today put their hope in? Well, you know, being a military kid, my dad was 21 years, eight months in you know, the United States Air Force. My brother served in the Navy. Um, you know, it, it is easy to want to trust in those things. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Living in Ohio was next to one of the top aerospace engineering bases, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And so the idea that he who rules the skies, you know, really has a, a hand. So, so there's this part that wants to trust in, in that, in our strength. You know, other areas that we find ourselves wanting to trust in is areas of government. Like we, we often think, and, and we can rely on government legislation to protect the moral decisions that we want made, but legislation cannot change people's hearts, you know? And the reason why God is greater than all of this is because, you know, when I leave these shores and say, go to India, there's, there's a different, there's a different um, governmental structure there. When I've gone to China, there's a different structure there. But God is the God of the whole world. And so as believers, it's great to have government. We have a form of government we have a republic, and we f- sometimes forget that because people are like, it's a democracy. No, to the republic for mm. which it stands. And so, like, government can be good. It can be, it can be very challenging. It can have its own forms of corruption. And so that's one thing that we can find ourselves trusting in. We can, another area that we can find ourselves wanting to make alliance is science, you know, that we enjoy the benefits of science and technology and that's really good, and I'm super grateful for it. And so this is part of my reading for my chronological Bible even today. Um, I'm grateful for people that God gave wisdom, you know, to be able to put me under when they did my surgery. No kidding. You know, and that I wasn't doing that thing where you used to have to bite on a stick and, you know, let someone do that. So I'm grateful it, for that. It's cheaper if you bite on the stick. <laughs> I have to say, one evening as we were working on clearing some cloths, I bit on a cloth okay. because it was just not pleasant. Mm-hmm. But we can begin to trust so much in science, and that's a good thing because God is a God of order and he created things, but we could do it to the exclusion. you know. So sometimes when something miraculous happens and we hear about it, at least for me, my scientific mind steps in and starts saying, like, really? Did that? Okay. The other is education, where we think just merely our degrees— and our education somehow, that making an alliance on that is going to somehow protect us. Now, that doesn't change the fact that God called us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. And then one of the other ones is financial systems. You know, I'll just speak on that one. I mean, like, as, as a capitalist and as a person that, you know, believes in entrepreneurship and the like um, and want to encourage that, there can be this thing that we trust in financial systems more than we trust in God. And so God's kingdom is this. In heaven we read, 
that the streets were paved with gold. So the thing that we sometimes get worked up, and we need in God's economy down here, if we show up in heaven, people are looking around and saying, hey, Mitchell, Miles brought pavement. And so God's kingdom is so much greater. So our God is just so much more than we can imagine. And so we need those reminders of who he is as we, you know, do life. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not going through something, just keep living. Yeah. It'll, It'll come. So true. Again, we consciously... Uh, put our hope in Jesus, and maybe subconsciously we think about things like David. You were saying government or science or education, medical care, or your financial situation. Yeah, I mean, um, or maybe it's not even subconsciously. Maybe it's even closer to the surface. It is, and again, and we have to be careful because we get into this dichotomy that it's either good or bad. Yeah. Okay, because there are some things, but if God thought that we needed money, he would have sent us an, an economist. Mm-hmm. You know, if we thought thought we needed, you know, um, purely just laughter, he'd send us an entertainer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if, if he thought we needed just food, he'd send us a farmer. All those things are very good, but God knew that we needed a savior for forgiveness, so he sent his son. So good, David Miles. Thank you so much for uh, being on the show once again. You're such a faithful contributor to the show. We love you. Love you too, Bill. Thanks so much. Love you, Ryan. He, is, he didn't answer back, but that's okay. He didn't, yeah. Right back at you, brother. <laughs> there you See, I knew it. I tried knew to close the hour. Here. I knew he'd come through. There you go. All right, after a short break, Greg Coco for the whole hour. Be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.